0: Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Sports Today.
1: Without Kyler Murray, where do the Cardinals go from here? Aaron Rodgers is probably playing next year, but will it be for the Packers? And the Detroit Lions are one of the four best teams in the NFC. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're Locked On Sports Today. Today.
0: Searching all major sports. Found Let's start with the biggest story.
1: The Arizona Cardinals lost. That's not new. They've been doing it all season. They're four and nine. They lost to the Patriots on Monday night. The big story coming out of that Patriots-Cardinals game, Kyler Murray reportedly expected to be a torn ACL, and that means he is out for a long, long time, sending a franchise that is already very much trying to get its bearings even more in flux. Joining me now, the man who has chronicled all of this for locked-on Cardinals, Alex Clancy. Alex, uh, where, where does this team go in the short term understanding that Kyler Murray is not going to be their quarterback for probably something close to a year?
2: It's a good question. And, you know, I, I like to have fun with you sometimes on here, but this is kind of like a, this is a real-life application conundrum. I mean, they could go a couple different ways. One, you know, you write it out with Colt McCoy. They've got Trace McSorley, who'll be the backup for the rest of the year. But you really have to look at, was it injuries or was it Cliff? Was it injuries or was it Steve Kime? And is there a chance that what happened to Kyler Murray could prolong the, what I think is going to be the inevitable, that both of these get removed from their post and Steve Kime and, uh, and Cliff Kingsbury? Or does Michael Bidwell, Take his cojones, make the right call, rip the band-aid off soon, and have a fresh start for the 2023 season. I think the former will most likely happen. The latter should, but
1: all in all, it's just it's a tough, tough blow for the Cardinals. Is this is this the thing that could send the signal to this team, hey, this team is not as good as you realize or you thought it was when you tried to make some of these moves. You send out picks to to get Marquise Brown, who, by the way, has been better than I think a lot of people thought he was yeah. going to be in Arizona this season, certainly better than I thought he was going to be. Uh, but, but to do what you and I have talked about in the past, more of a rebuild than they have done because this team is not ready to compete right now in a real way, could this be the catalyst for that? Potentially.
2: I mean, the thing is... The worst environment imaginable for me was not having Hollywood Brown and DeAndre Hopkins and Kyler Murray playing meaningful snaps together this season. And we just completed that nightmare that they played maybe 60 meaningful offensive snaps, maybe mm-hmm. uh, this season altogether on the field, which brings into question, as you mentioned, do you rebuild or do you give DeAndre Hopkins and Hollywood Brown $50 million a year combined? Cause that's the alternative. They're not going to trade away Hollywood Brown. They just traded a first round pick for him, you know. And they're going to extend him. They're going to pay him a lot of money. DeAndre Hopkins is still, when healthy, a top ten receiver in my opinion in the league. But then you look at the defense, who's in, that's anemic. I, th- I think the one upside to this is that they've got their bevy of picks next year. They're going to get a couple compensatory picks for Christian Kirk and Chandler Jones, so they can rebuild while retooling and kind of you know, hanging on both sides of the fence because I don't know what the alternative is, Peter. Like, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what the right move is because this has been spiraling slowly out of control for three or four years now. And it's really all coming to a head with Kyler Murray getting injured.
1: Tell me what you think about this, Alex, because as we're talking, I'm thinking, you know, if you, let's say you do fire Cliff Kingsbury this offseason, you probably fire Steve Kime as well. Get a new GM, get a new coach. Well, now you're putting them in a situation where you're paying a franchise quarterback in Kyler Murray who's not going to be there at least for the first half of the season in all likelihood and probably is not going to be Kyler Murray at all in 2023. So are you setting that new coach up for immediate failure? Why not just run it back one more year with Cliff with the understanding we know this is not going to look pretty. You end up getting a top 10 pick the following season and then you hit reset next year. What do you think of that? Um, I think... It's not
2: the right move because the Cardinals have such a culture issue. I'm ready to Mm. rip it off, start from the bottom. Look at what's happened, and I'm not comparing this by any stretch. Look at what's happened with Robert Sala and Dan Campbell in their two respective spots. The culture has shifted. It wasn't about winning and losing early on. And you're starting to see these teams grow and mature and evolve with a strong foundation from strong
1: leadership. And that's something the Cardinals need more than wins and losses in 2023 stay up to date all year on the arizona cardinals by subscribing to locked on sports today and the locked on cardinals podcast on the odyssey app youtube and wherever you get podcasts thanks for making locked on sports today your first listen coming up aaron Rodgers isn't guaranteed to remain in green bay in 2023 but first we look at some good news for the san francisco 49ers Here's what to look for on Bet Online, your number one spot for all your gambling needs. Let's take a way too early look at the World Series odds for Major League Baseball. After a huge spending spree for a handful of teams, you'll notice a bit of irony. BetOnline's favorites for both leagues are teams that didn't spend. Houston still tops the list at 6-1 to to win the World Series. The Dodgers right behind them at plus 750, the highest payroll in all of American sports. The New York Mets are the only other team with odds better than 10 to 1. Bet Online has the Mets 9 to 1, and then four teams at 10 to 1 Braves, Padres, Phillies, and Yankees. Does it pay to spend? Bet Online isn't buying it yet. Will you bet online where the game starts?
0: Now, here's what you need to be locked on today.
1: After a stressful morning waiting for further results, the 49ers received good news on Debo Samuel and Brock Purdy. According to the team, Samuel suffered a sprained medial collateral ligament in his left knee and a sprained left ankle. He will miss some time, but there were no broken bones, and he is apparently expected to return at some point during the regular season. As for Purdy, he's considered day-to-day with what the team is calling a rib and oblique injury. A positive sign in all this, Purdy was listed as a limited participant in the Niners' estimated practice report. The team hopes he can be available for Thursday night's matchup with the Seattle Seahawks. Samuel's situation seemed more tenuous when he departed on a cart in the second quarter against the Buccaneers and did not return to the game. But the Niners had hoped that the injury wasn't as bad as feared when X-rays showed no broken bones. The Dallas Cowboys are adding a receiver. No, not that receiver. The Cowboys signed former Colts wideout T.Y. Hilton on Monday.
3: Uh, yeah, T.Y. is in today. So, I mean, it was a great addition. Um, obviously, he's been uh, working all year. So, he's in, uh, you know, great great shape medically. So, you know, he you know, had to work out. So, I'm looking forward to, you know, he's actually meeting with Robert Prince right now. So, we'll, you know, the biggest thing for him will be the language, which it, which it always is with a new opportunity. So, you know, we'll get, get him out there Wednesday and get him activated.
1: Miami Heat got
0: a knockdown dragout road win over the Indiana Pacers. Well, it was the lowest scoring game of the NBA season, but the Heat beat the Pacers 87-82. to 82. I'm Wes Goldberg from Locked on Heat. Uh, it wasn't pretty. The Heat shot worse than 39%. The Pacers shot worse than 36% both teams went four whole minutes in the fourth quarter without making a single field goal but jimmy butler scored seven points down the stretch and gave the heat enough for the win and that's all that matters for the heat who began this four game trip with a much needed win after dropping three of their last four bam Matabayo was the heat's best player 22 points and 17 rebounds for him the heat still had plenty of issues in this one though going nine of 34 from three point range too many fouls but the biggest issue was that the offense actually looked fluid early in the game when Miami got out to a 19 point lead, but then the offense stalled. The Heat let the Pacers back into the game and they had to grind this one out. Still, a win is a win and the Heat are not in a position right now to be picky. For more on tonight's game, check out Locked on Heat on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. No John Morant,
1: no Desmond Maine, no problem for the Memphis Grizzlies as they roll to their sixth straight win.
4: Oh, what's that you say? The Memphis Grizzlies don't have John Morant? They don't have Desmond Bain? Surely they're not going to be capable of unloading on anybody, much less an Atlanta Hawks team supposedly desperate for a win. You thought wrong if that was the case. The Grizzlies have won six straight basketball games. I'm Joe Molinax of Locked On Grizzlies, and no John Morant, no problem. It was an opportunity for guys like Jaron Jackson Jr. to show their value. He has single-handedly made the Grizzlies defense an elite one. They were middle of the pack in the entire National Basketball Association when it came to defensive rating before Jaron's return. Before the Hawks game, they had risen all the way up to fourth in the entire NBA. I have a sneaky suspicion the eight blocks. Of Jaron are going to help the Grizzlies defense move up even higher in the rankings. A phenomenal performance from Jaron. Tyus Jones filled in admirably for Jaw once again. Brandon Clark, John Conchar, even Kennedy Chandler got in on the fun. This
1: Grizzlies team is fun. And on the ice, the New Jersey Devils blew a 3-1 lead to the New York Rangers and lost in overtime
5: what's up this is trey matthews of locked on devils and here is my post-game reaction so for the first time since the start of the season the new jersey devils are currently on a two game losing streak they lost their latest battle against the new york rangers by a score of four to three in overtime and this game was very disappointing to say the least because the new jersey devils got off and running both on offense and defense thanks to the help of nico heacher and dawson mercer the new jersey devils were able to score early in period number one jumping out to a 2-0 lead and their defense was also doing a wonderful job as the new york rangers didn't get their first shot on BTech tech until the period was more than halfway finished but unfortunately the new jersey devils crashed and burned as the game progressed so in period number two jack hughes was able to make it a three to one lead for the devils but if we count the ot goal The Devils allowed three unanswered goals at the hands of the New York Rangers. So once again, at least the Devils walk away with a point, but we know that they are so much better than what they've been performing the last few games.
0: Here is another story you need to know.
1: Back on the show, you remember him from NFL Live, from ESPN Radio. Now you can see him on YouTube. Half Forgotten History is the name of the show. A lot of really cool interviews that Trey Wingo does. This is going to be off season three. Now Trey, where we do the Rogers, will he won't he? Um, as, as we sit here now, uh, in, in mid December, do you have a gut feeling on, on what you think happens with with the quarterback position here?
3: Well, it's interesting. Uh, you know, Mark Slareth who's a good buddy of mine. We worked together on NFL live for years and he's now calling game for Fox yep. and we'll show every Monday on Spotify live together, uh, six o'clock Eastern. So we still work together. He had a game with, um, with the Packers a couple weeks ago, I can't remember which game it was. And he yes. was Aaron Rodgers and, you know, he had Aaron Rodgers in the pre, in the pre game, you know, interviews for the, for the show. And he sort of shared with us some of the comments that Aaron said. And one of the things Aaron said was, yeah, I think I'm going to play next year. I just don't know where it's going to be. Um, so that leads <laughs> me to believe that he's open to uh, doing the Tom Brady route. And I just got to say, like, if, if Aaron goes down that road, boy, you're, you're looking at a really different legacy for Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. Hmm. You, you're not taking away all the things that he accomplished. That, that's never going away. But let's just think about how if Aaron Rodgers decides to either retire or go play somewhere else next year, think about how this ends. Um, you know, it, when when they drafted Jordan Love in 2020, it clearly agitated him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it agitated him in a good way because he went on to win back-to-back NFL MVP. Yeah. Games. Made it to the NFC Championship game. Pissed boy.
1: off Rodgers is the best Rodgers.
3: Correct, absolutely. <laughs> uh, yeah, an angry Aaron Rodgers is usually your best friend in Green Bay, but now because of the back-to-back years uh, with the MVP and hit the flex that he had. And by the way, I'm for players getting as much money as they can. Like I, Same. I will never apologize or say a player should take less money, but he chose to swing that hammer. So in swinging that hammer. The Packers felt like, well, we're never going to be able to pay Devontae Adams, so we're going to have to get rid of Devontae Adams in order for this contract to work. So Adams leaves, Aaron Rodgers gets his $50 million a year contract, and now, because of the way it's all unraveled, there's a possibility that Aaron Rodgers may be leaving. So Aaron Rodgers, because of what he was able to do, really forced the Packers' hand to get rid of Devontae Adams before they wanted to, and now Aaron Rodgers might be leaving. So if he does move on after this year, Wait a minute, we gave you all the money and now you're bailing. And because we gave you all the money, we don't have either Devontae Adams or Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. I think Packer fans would not be real happy if that was the situation.
1: I think you're right about that. And I think there are a lot of Packer fans already who are like, you know yeah. what? You know, Aaron has done a lot of great things for the Packers organization, one won us at the fans a Super Bowl. I'm ready to see Jordan Love. There are just some people who are going to feel that way, or some people who think I think rather uh, logically that Jordan Love plus stuff might be better than for the next three years than Aaron Rodgers and not Jordan Love and not that stuff. It's just all interesting. Do you just as a fan of football, and and you are more removed certainly than most of my <laughs> listeners are from this, just as a football fan, do you want to see Aaron Rodgers play somewhere else if that's what he wants to do? Um,
3: it would be weird, you know. I mean, I never thought I'd see Tom Brady as a buccaneer or Joe True, Monday And we might as-
1: see him somewhere else next year.
3: Yeah, exactly. Maybe in San Francisco, uh, where he had eighty-three friends and family for that game. <laughs> right. watch destroyed by Mr. Irrelevant, Brock Purdy. Uh, score one for Mr. Irrelevant over yes. the Ghost. Never thought I'd I'd say that in my life. Um, nothing would surprise me, right? Not the way things go this day these days in the NFL, nothing would surprise me. Uh, I could see Aaron Rodgers playing somewhere else, but let's be honest. Like we're talking about these weapons all the time. Aaron hasn't played great. He hasn't played great. No, you know, he hasn't been the same Aaron Rodgers. Some of that is obviously the thumb. Uh, Some of that is now going to be the rib injuries that he's dealing with. And quite frankly, if I'm the Packers and you know, if you think you're pretty much out of it, I think you have to play Jordan love at some point down the stretch of the season, just to make sure you're good. Right. I mean, I I thought I saw a quote recently from, from Goon Koontz where he, he said, we've seen all we need to see. Maybe, And that's great, but it's certainly not a ton of game action, right? Don't you want to see a little more game action? When he came in in relief of Aaron Rodgers in that last game, I thought he looked really good. I'd like to see more of that going forward if I'm a Packer fan, to feel good about, listen, there's been the two greatest transitions in the history of quarterbacks in the NFL in the Super Bowl that I can think of, Montana to Young and Favre to Rodgers. If you can do that again, Rodgers to Love, the Packers are ahead of the game, man. I want to make sure that we have that before we make any decisions or Aaron Rodgers makes any decisions about what happens next.
1: Stay up to date all year on the Green Bay Packers by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and, of course, the Locked On Packers podcast on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. Coming up, the Detroit Lions will not just sneak into the playoffs. They will continue to prove why they're one of the top four teams in the NFC. The Detroit Lions have been on some kind of tear lately. After their most recent win over the Minnesota Vikings, the Lions' playoff chances jumped to 21%. But Peacock and Williamson do not see them as just
6: sneaking into the playoffs. Well, you just said that they might sneak into the playoffs. I think they might roar. into. Oh, I didn't mean to do that, Lions roar. Sorry. <laughs> it ro- roar into the playoffs. Yes. That, that was a total oh, accident. God. I mean, I, is this controversial? I think they're the fourth best team in the NFC. I think they played the Vikings 11 times. They win the series. I'm playing the than... news
4: sounder on that one. The
6: fourth team in the NFL. NFC. In 40, or in the NFC. Okay, okay. okay. Still, still, that's big news. My, that's the, huge. The Lions, who in my entire life have won one single playoff game. Right. I mean, a month of the season, this looked like a disaster. Um, you know, they're going to have two picks in the top tw- you know, six or whatever. So let's break this team down a little bit, because I think the Vikings defense, particularly their pass defense, is horrific. And their O line starting to show some weakness, too. But the Lions defense doesn't stink anymore. I mean, it used to be start all your fantasy guys against the Lions, bet that over every time. It's getting a little better. Aiden Hutchinson, in particular, and the pass rush are starting to show up week after week. I'm not trying to sound controversial, but I think Goff is in pro bowl consideration this year, especially in the NFC. Like I'm not saying he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. And I've always called him a a fair weather quarterback. And I mean that in terms of actually playing in weather versus domes and home versus away. But when things are good, he's good. And I think he's having his best year. They protect him well. They ran the ball extremely well in this game, you know, efficiently. They've got very, very good weapons. and. I, I see the picture here. I mean, we'll talk offseason stuff down the road, but I, I think Goff is going to be the opening day starter next year. Maybe that's with a rookie, maybe it's not, but this team's in good shape and they're going to build a lot of defense over the offseason.
1: So, the thing about being the fourth best team in the NFC right now is that it doesn't matter. There's three teams in the NFC the 49ers, the Cowboys, and the Eagles. Everyone else is in a different realm. The Lions are in that next tier with the Vikings and the Seahawks and the Commanders and the Giants. There's this mushy playoff middle, and they're in that group. So, okay, if you want to argue that they should be ahead of the Vikings because they just beat the Vikings, that's fine. Now, the Seahawks have a better record. I don't know if you trust Geno Smith or Jared Goff. More in these situations, neither team is very good defensively. Both teams have explosive offenses. So if you want to make the case for Detroit at four, I'm not going to argue with you. I would put Seattle four at the moment. But if you want to put Detroit four, I have no problem with that. Here's what I do know. The fourth best team in the NFC is not the Minnesota Vikings. And finally, Cam Jordan is feeling slighted. I feel like my name's low-key been slandered, he said, in response to the NFL fining him for, quote, faking an injury. The NFL fined Jordan 50 grand, even though Jordan says he got an MRI the following day to confirm there was nothing serious. He even followed up in-game with the medical crew, and he said, even when he went out, went to the tent, got taped up, went back to the playing field, and finished the game. I don't know, it seems like he might have been hurt. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast and make them your second listen. Coming up tomorrow, who's having the best start to the NBA season? So at least until tomorrow, stay Locked On Sports today.